guys, and welcome back to the FFP. It's time to break down our week seven start sit. As always, our goal in these start sit videos is to talk about every player from every single game and give you every piece of information that you're going to need to know to put out a good lineup this week and walk away with another W, hopefully getting you one step closer to taking home that championship, getting the belt or the ring or the trophy, whatever it may be. It's always nice to add to the collection. We got a lot of things to cover in this game, so as always, the comment section down below is a great place. It can help you ask questions about waiver wire, start, sit, trade, whatever it may be, as well as it's going to help us. You need to contextualize this information for your league because we don't want to make two start, sit videos, one for standard, one for PPR, or for your league size, or whatever that may be. We just don't have time for that, um, so that's what the comment section is a great place for as well. Also, a huge thank you. I, I forgot their name, but somebody, one of our subscribers has actually been doing the uh, the timestamps for us. So oh, wow. thank you very much. I yes, really so that appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it, you know, it's one of those things. Probably once we post the video, I can do them then. It only takes me like five to ten minutes. But I'll be honest, by the time the video's out there, I'm kind of tired. Sometimes it's late at night, and I don't really want to. So that really does mean a lot to us. We appreciate it. I think, yeah, we should figure out who that is and just send them an FFP t-shirt. All right. So, uh, yeah, leave your name on there. I've always been doing that. Thank you. We appreciate that very much. Anyways, um, no more wasting time. Let's get right into it with the first game for this video. So I got the first game today, and I'll say as we look, when we assign the starts of video, we basically go on the schedule and we just alternate. And the, the games that I got this week, I just want to say, ick. Uh, there wasn't a lot of fancy value. These bye weeks are brutal, and I think this is going to be a tough week for a lot of owners that try to figure out what they want. So I got the Broncos versus the Browns in this one. I always start with the quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield. Playing Denver, giving him the second fewest points to quarterbacks. Right now, Baker Mayfield's banged up. Uh, Hunt is out. Uh, Chubb is out. Um, and they're both good pass catching backs, especially Hunt in particular, mm -hmm. who really adds a lot to that passing game. And this offense really runs through the running game play action. If you look at Baker Mayfield, since week three, he's got a quarterback rating of 38. And, he, and he's going to possibly play with a dislocated shoulder. Um, so, you know, it just doesn't look good. You got Odell Beckham there. Go ahead. Well, you know, I was just going to say, Baker Mayfield, I'm going to be honest, I've been wildly impressed with how he's performed. He's got next to no weapons there. He's playing banged up and hurt, and the Browns are still winning games. But, yeah, you know, you don't trust Baker for your fantasy lineup. No, no, he's got Odell Beckham there, but this is not the Odell of back in New York. The connection's not solid. Jarvis Landry could come back. That's a huge boost if he comes back in that one. Mm -hmm. uh, with that said, there are just so many question marks. Against a good defense, he's hurt. Their backs are out. Um, but it is a tough week for buys. There are six buys, so if you're really desperate, uh, you could play him. But I would say it's a lot better to look elsewhere in this one. Then you got Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you look at Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Justin Herbert. They lit up the Browns' defense. Mm -hmm. But consider that. Those are three really good. Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes. That's not Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Okay, so you got to consider that. Um, if you look at the other guys that they played, the Browns' defense has been pretty solid, actually, and shut some guys down. Um, now, I, th I think another thing that kind of hurts the value of Teddy Bridgewater is I think the Browns' offense could struggle. Um, I mean, this could be a lower-scoring game. Mm -hmm. This could be a game that, you know, uh, you know, you look at defense, and, you know, kicking fields goals could win it. And Vegas, last time they played them, they sacked Teddy nine times. And if you know anything about the Vegas pass rush, they're not known to be tenacious. And so Miles Garrett in that uh, D-line yeah. should have fun all day there. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game there. I, I would probably sit Teddy Bridgewater, too. Um, he's far, or that's far from a safe situation to play. I hope there's better options for you. Mm -hmm. As far as running backs go, you got Hunts out, Chubb is out. Uh, so leave Ernest Johnson, Dearness Johnson, and Demetric Felton. Now, if you look at Felton, I think he's going to see a nice bump in targets. He's a guy that actually qualifies as a running back, but he's more as a wide receiver. Um, he's going to probably become a flex option, a deep sleeper. Now, this is a guy, you've got to be a guy that likes to roll the dice and take some chances, but he's actually a guy that I think in this game could see, you know, seven, eight, nine targets in the game, plus a few carries. 
in that position. Unfortunately, we just don't know. Uh, like I said, they could put work him in there. They love him in the passing situation, and he could get a few carries there. But it is still, once again, a lot of speculation, a lot of risk. So you really got to roll the dice on him. But if you're really desperate, keep him in mind. I mean, look at Johnson. He'll handle the carries, but he's playing. Denver gives up the second fewest points to backs. If you look at who they played, Najee Harris, who, who by the way, Harris, by the way, is an all-world talent. Very good. Wait till that Pittsburgh offensive line gets better. And their okay? quarterback. And the quarterback gets better and the play gets better, yeah. But you take away Harris, they have shut down every running back they have faced. They lost second fewest points to backs on that one. So he's another one that because there's six teams on buys, he could be a sleeper plug-in play. But uh, he carries a lot of risk. So for me, he's outside the running back two conversation. He's kind of probably in that running back three because he's going to start. Yes, they have a good O-line, but let's be honest, he is not the same level as Chubb or Hunt in that one. So I would try to go elsewhere. Now, the running backs for Denver, this one's confusing for me because they actually are running pretty well. you got Gordon and Williams, but this is a running back by committee in its purest sense. They are almost perfectly dividing carries almost right down the middle, and neither one has distanced themselves from the other one. They're both having a solid year. One's got a 4.6 yards per carry. The other one's got a 4.7, and because they're both playing well, they devalue each other. And so what that does is they make it a flex player in RB2 in leagues over 14 teams in size, and that's only because there's six teams on a buy. Otherwise, I would probably buy sitting there, but in this one, you may have to run those guys. And I think the good backs, if either one of those backs got hurt, you suddenly be sitting real pretty. But right now, like I said, they're splitting almost right down the middle. It's a good wide receiver. You've got Beckham. Uh, got a shoulder injury last game. He did play through it. And then you're looking at um, he did not practice on Tuesday. He should play this week. Now you need to monitor status that day. Now he's had two good weeks um, in the last four, so it's not bad. Uh, for me, I would say in this game, he's a wide receiver three in large leagues with Chubb and Hunt out. But don't expect the old Ordell to come out of there. Um, I just won't expect that. And then you got Peoples. Uh, Peoples had two good weeks in a row there. He's worth the flyer in deep leagues in a pinch if Landry sits. Mm-hmm. If Landry starts, I would sit Peoples in this one. And if Landry returns, he's been actually a better play than Beckham when they've both been lined up together. And so uh, he's a guy that you could start as a wide receiver three. Let's go to the wide receivers for Dan. We got Sutton. Um, he's a nice play with Jerry Judy out. He shined a lot. Um, he shot actually in his year two at over 1,000 yards receiving. This guy's not a fluke. He's actually a real deal. Very good wide receiver there. He's had back-to-back good weeks. He's a very solid play as a wide receiver too. The Browns give up the fifth most points to wide receivers. Then you got Patrick. He's had double-digit points in five or six weeks in PPR scoring. But if Judy returns, you're going to sit him. Um, if Judy sits, you could play Patrick. But I, once again, I have my concerns about this being a lower scoring game in this one. So for me, you'd have to start him as a wide receiver three in very large leagues. And then Judy, um, when he comes back, and this guy, Jerry Judy, is very good. You got him in one league, right? It kind of hurts you. How long has he been out for? I don't know how many weeks now he's been sitting on the AR spot for me, but I didn't let him go. Why? Because he's so young and he's so talented. And when he's healthy, you know, the next couple of years, he's going to be a phenomenal wide receiver. Yeah, very, very good. And when he becomes back, he's better than Sutton. This guy's a stud. Mm-hmm. But the coach said he's got a less than 50% chance of playing Thursday night, so it doesn't look good. If he starts, I would start him as a wide receiver too and mm-hmm. just sit Sutton or not sit something, but drop something to wide receiver three. Well, and that's something to note, too. Yeah. It's a Thursday game. If it were a Sunday game, that would change some things. Mm-hmm. So what will probably happen is that he won't play in this game, or even if he does, he's less than 100%. Next week, though, be excited for that in week yeah. eight. Hopefully he'll be back at it. Yeah, and coaches tend to do that when you have like a Thursday game because then if you go one more week, he doesn't get a week. He actually gets 10 days to rest, and then you mm-hmm. feel more confident. So I'm sure they're going to sit him. As far as tight ends, you got to start Noah Fant there. They say he's questionable. Watch that, but he's a nice play, especially because, you know, the position where tight ends are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. David Njoku, after having a big week, last week had one catch, six yards. That's what he does. Um, and he's against a Denver defense that's so underrated, I would sit him. Uh, both kickers on the bottom half of the league for points, I would sit them. I would sit the Brown defense, especially since they're having offensive problems there. And if Mayfield and Landry sit, I would start Denver's defense. Otherwise, I would sit them also. 
Yeah, you know, that's going to be a great matchup. I'm just excited to watch the Browns. Like, with all the injuries and everything they've got going on, it's been really impressive to see their defense and their coaching staff continue to work through and get wins. So, you know, it, it is really kind of a fun experiment to see how good a team can be with so little talent on that offensive side while a lot of those guys are hurt. All right, so let's break down the Panthers at the Giants this week. This is going to be you know, a pretty fun game to watch, but I don't know how much fantasy value will be there. For starters, let's start off with the Panthers in that offense. Sam Darnold really came out looking hot, a surprise to some people, and fun to watch. It's been a really nice offense to watch. But there's a lot of things going on there right now. So going against the Giants, they give up the sixth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They've given up 10 touchdowns to opposing QBs in just the last three games. A lot of things you might be tempted to say start Sam Darnold, but I really don't think you should do that. Over the last two games, he's averaging just 4.9 yards per attempt. He finished 17th and 29th back-to-back in weekly quarterback scoring. He struggled. And it's not just two fluke games. There's reasons for it. Those reasons aren't that he's bad. The reasons are that he struggled the last couple games because they got rid of their tight end, Dan Arnold. They traded him away, and that offense has clearly missed the weapon in the passing game. Brandon Zilstra's on the IR, and Terrace Marshall, who lost his job to Zilstra, has been questionable. Robbie Anderson hasn't performed quite as well as he has last year. And all the biggest one being Christian McCaffrey's been out. He is an all-star athlete. I mean, that guy is an MVP. He completely changes the game when he's on the field. Now that he's not out there, yeah, you should expect a bit of struggles. I would sit Sam Darnold this week. Yeah, last game versus the Vikings, too. They were plagued by drops. There was a lot of balls that wide receivers dropped there. Um, you assume these guys are in the NFL. They're paid professionals. That's not going to continue. But the bottom line is the play's just not there. Robbie Anderson's one who's really disappointed. Yeah. So uh, we'll get to the, let's skip the running back. Let's go to the wide receivers. You brought him up. Robbie Anderson, you got to sit him. He's struggled lately. He's catching just 30% of his targets for an average of just over 30 yards a game. He is 62nd in wide receiver scoring this year. In fact, his best individual week, he finished 40th. He hasn't had a single game inside the top 36. Not one performance worth starting him for. He is a must sit guy. Of course, Zilstra, you got to sit him. He's on the IR. And, And Terrace Marshall, he lost his job as the number three receiver to Brandon Zilstra, and he's questionable, hasn't performed particularly great, so I would sit him as well. The one guy you got to play is DJ Moore. He is a phenomenal receiver, currently eighth in fantasy scoring, and he should take advantage of a good matchup. The Giants have given up five touchdowns to wide receivers in the last games. I imagine DJ Moore is going to be a safe bet for 10-plus targets. He could have a monster day, especially based off of that volume. Let's go back to the running back, though. Don't want to miss him. Chubba Hubbard with Christian McCaffrey out. He is a must start. Now, Christian McCaffrey will be at out at least until week nine. Kind of made that mistake there where they didn't put him on the IR right away, thinking he may be back. Sure enough, you know, he needed a few more weeks, so they put him on the IR. But now he won't be able to come back at least until week nine, if not later. Hubbard's played well. He's been usable in the passing game. He's been fairly effective on the ground. Hasn't been as good as McCaffrey, but he's been good. And he's averaging like 25 touches in those two games. He had a game of 19 touches and a game with 30. That kind of volume alone is a must play. And I mentioned it to you earlier, but really feels like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for talent. When you have six teams on bye weeks, you include players who are injured or banged up, players who are underperforming and in really tough matchups, there's no reason not to play Hubbard. 
And you know what? It's not just that there's six teams on the bye, but a lot of those six teams are teams that are loaded with good offensive players, fantasy players. I mean, just a perfect storm yeah. this week where it's going to be really difficult to find some replacements. Absolutely. I would sit their tight ends, Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble. I would start their kicker, Zane Gonzalez. He's actually been a little underrated, kind of good this year. And I'm going to start the Panthers defense versus the Giants. They have uh, scored eight or more fantasy points in five of their six games so far this year. They've been a little bit underrated, and they're pretty good at getting after the quarterback. Flipping sides now, let's talk about the Giants. What about Daniel Jones? Here's the thing. He's finished 24th or worse in weekly fantasy scoring in three of the last four weeks. In fact, in those games, he is averaging 28th amongst quarterbacks. He's just not been a good, viable fantasy option over the last few games. Now, there have been injuries to Barkley, every single one of his wide receivers, and Daniel Jones himself, as well as multiple offensive linemen. So I don't necessarily think it's Daniel Jones' fault. Not saying he's a bad quarterback, but right now he is not a good fantasy option. Speaking of the running back situations, Barkley will almost certainly be out for at least another week or two. We don't know when he's going to be back. Um, Of course, once Barkley is back, he's a must start. But while he's out, Devontae Booker is the running back. However, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I don't think you should start Devontae Booker. Even in replacing, even if you're a Barkley owner who's desperate for a running back, you might have to sit him. The Panthers give up the fewest fantasy points to running backs. And despite the fact that Booker has seen 16 touches or more in the two games without Barkley, he's averaging just three yards per carry. And, you know, he's barely finished as a startable running back in those games. Now this week, he plays the toughest matchup. That being said, again... I just mentioned it. I would tend to want to sit him, but we're so desperate for talent. You probably have to play him. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, this goes back to what you said to be in the video there. What are your options? What do you have out there? I do think if you're in a PPR league, that does give you some options. Sometimes there's guys that, you know, um, will get played. You think about McKissick, guys like that, that may be available. But yeah, generally speaking, you're probably stuck between a rock and a hard place right now exactly based off of performances and that offense you certainly don't trust him you don't love him but again we're talking like half of the fantasy talent is on a bye week this week so you kind of have to as far as the wide receivers go Darius Slayton Kadarius Tooney and Kenny Galladay are all questionable I'm not going to get super deep into those injuries they some of those guys may play some will sit another week you know, the ones that do play, will they be 100%? doesn't really matter because their wide receiver one is healthy, and that's Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard's been very effective. Last game, he had 14 targets, 10 catches, and 76 yards in his first game back. In fact, when he's healthy, he's averaging like nine catches a game. Uh, Shepard, with all those other receivers being banged up, he's a must-start. He is going to see huge volume. Um, you got to sit the tight ends, Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. Ingram is averaging 23rd in weekly fantasy scoring. Just, you know, once again, continue to be a guy who showed potential, but just hasn't been getting it done. I would sit Graham Gano and I would sit the Giants defense as well. So I've got the Jets versus the Patriots, another game that's just not pretty fantasy wise, but let's get into it because you know what? Um, for some of you, you're going to do the right thing. This is going to get you a win, push over the top there. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, quarterback Mac Jones. This guy continues to improve. I actually like him long term. But one, he's he's still rookie. He's still not quite there. And they're going to play it safe in that offense. They're going to run the ball. I think it's going to be a low-scoring defensive affair. Um, starting two rookie quarterbacks. This game will be won by a field goal, special teams, and defense, I believe. It once again, I think it could be very ugly there. Um, so I would sit him. Zach Wilson, I'd sit him. Last time he played the Patriots, he had four interceptions. The Patriots give the fourth fewest points to quarterbacks. Um, neither one of those guys are guys that I want to lean on. If you had to go, guy, it's obviously Mac Jones, but I would try to avoid that. 
As far as running backs go, Damian Harris, actually Damian Harris, I think is a very talented running back. He had some struggles this year, but that was mostly due to the offensive quarterback play. The problem I have with Harris is not his talent. The guy's always banged up. He's always less than 100% there. Um, now he's getting up, he's playing the Jets who get the second most points to running backs. And last time versus the Jets, he had a really good game. So for me, he's a very nice running back to play in this one if he's healthy. Um, and we expect that he will be healthy and he will play. If he is, you got to run this guy out there. I think he's going to have a good week. Now, the guy that was great in the preseason, Stevenson, looked great in the preseason. A lot of people were huge on him. His role is beginning to expand. He's looking better and better, more like we saw in the preseason. But at this point, he's still just a backup unless Harris gets injured or something like that happens. He's a guy that I wouldn't start. Now going to the running back situation for the Jets, you got Carter. Um, 3.5 yards per carry, a high water mark of yards at 59 rushing yards. He's averaging 33 rushing yards per game. That is horrible. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing about that that I like. Although he's had two touchdowns in the last two games, um, one each, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is their starting back getting double-digit carries. Yeah. So you, you, you once again, you have to consider that. So for me, he's a low-end running back, too, in standards, only because of the buys. But he's still outside the top 24. So that's not even that good. In PPRs, um, I would say that he's a running back three. Mm-hmm. And even in standards, he rates about the 28 to 30 range. So you'd have to be over a 12-team league to want to play him unless you're in a bind. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as wide receivers go, look at Myers. This guy has never scored a touchdown in his NFL career. So he's never found the red zone. So in standard leagues, you got to sit this guy. Now, he is their leading receiver, and he does carry value in PPR leagues. In PPR leagues, he's been pretty consistent, so you could start him as a wide receiver three in larger leagues. He's got a very safe floor but lower ceiling. Um, that's the only wide receiver that I'd consider there. Now let's go to the Jets. you got Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder. Um, Jamison Crowder have PPR values at time, um, but in this offense versus solid Pats defense, um, can this offense, the Jets versus the Patriots, sustain two wide receivers statistically? Probably not. Not with Zach Wilson there at quarterback. I do like Davis long-term is a better wide receiver, but in this game, I would take Jameson Crowder. I would sit Davis because last time he had two catches, eight yards. I think he's going to struggle with those cornerbacks there. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see them throwing are balls that would be what I call higher percentage throws, shorter throws, the type of play that favors Crowder coming out of the slot. So I think in this game, he could easily get 10 to 12 targets in that one. So yeah, he's a guy that I would probably roll out in a PPR league um, and, and have some trust. Once again, if you need him for a flex or a wide receiver three in large leagues. Now Davis, like I said, he's had two good games. But his success has been hindered by Wilson. The Patriots are not a good matchup for him. They allow the eighth fewest points to wide receivers sit Corey Davis. As far as tight ends go, Hunter Henry, um, he's had a touchdown three weeks in a row. Uh, so I would start him in standard leagues as a tight end 10 to 12 range there. In PPR leagues, his volume is not where you'd like it to be. So that's going to push him out of that in PPR leagues. He's in a tight end two range, about the 14 to 16 range there is where I'd put him. So there's probably some other guys in PPR leagues that you do a little bit better. I would say the Jets kicker and their tight end. I would start Folk, the kicker for the Patriots, and I would start the New England defense. Now, the Jets aren't a good matchup there, you would think, but they're below average defense in terms of fantasy goes. They're not a great fantasy defense. Last time versus the Patriots, they only had three points, so I'd probably sit them also. So there's another icky game. Uh, not a lot of ton of fantasy value there. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It, all you need to know about this game is the fact that I feel wide awake, and I yawned while you were talking. <laughs> it's just that game is... Not a whole lot there going on to get excited about. but And it's like you said, not the most exciting week, but if you make the right plays, you come away with a win. Who really cares? Yeah, win's a win. doesn't have to be exciting. You don't have to crush. You just need to get the W. That's it.
All right, now we got to talk about the Chiefs at the Titans. And, you know, just a couple of days ago looking at this matchup, I would have said that it's an easy win for the Chiefs. But Titans just came away with a good win against the Bills. That was a fun game to watch. What did you think, Rob? Yeah, that was exciting. Gutsy call by Buffalo, I think, is the right call. But, man, if you're a Titans fan, you got to love that. That's a huge win. It brings you to 4-2. and two, Makes you a, a genuine contender. The one thing I like about them is Tannehill's not playing as well as he has in the past. But a lot of that's been injury to wide receivers. Yeah. you get some healthy wide receivers. you got Henry Brack there. I think there's a team that contend. And they, they made a huge statement last night, um, yeah. beating the Bills there. And so, yeah, you got to love that. The only problem with it is they're coming back to the Chiefs and you know, a game that they could easily lose, and that drops them back down to four and three. But I don't know. You know, I mean, with that loss to the Bills, who's standing out right now in the AFC to you? I don't know. There's, you know, it's funny. It's one of those things. It takes many weeks. Every good team is going to lose to a bad team. Every team does it once a year, basically. Yeah. You know. You might finish 15-1, and one, but your one loss is going to be an embarrassing one. You know, that makes everyone question. For me, I, I'm thinking, I don't know. I still think the Bills have to be the best yeah. team. Bills, the Ravens. You know, Bills I think the Chiefs Ravens. got some things they got to fix before they get there. But either way, if you're a Titans fan, you needed that win. You got that one. What a great boost for you. But you come right back uh, with another tough game. Yeah, you do. So let's break it down. Let's start off with the Chiefs. Man, what an off year for Pat Mahomes. The dude's only averaging 315 yards and over three touchdowns a game. In fact, it's crazy. He's only on pace for over 5,300 yards, a QBR of 103, and 54 touchdowns. How horrible is that? He's number one in fantasy, and his worst week was ninth amongst quarterbacks. Of course, the interceptions really have been a problem there, but I think the QBR says it all. The picks are there, but when you're asking your quarterback to go over 300 yards and three or more touchdowns every single game, you get superhero syndrome. It's the same thing that happened to Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Oh my goodness, he sucks. He threw another pick. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, but if you didn't ask him to throw it 45 times a game, it's going to happen. Uh, so I'm not worried about Pat Mahomes. He is a phenomenal fantasy start. I know there have been complaints about the picks. I think if you're complaining about the interceptions, you're kind of a whiny baby. And if I'm not mistaken, were two of those not like end of the quarter Hail Marys that he, I know at least one of them was where he threw a pick at the end of the second quarter, you know, going into half and he just threw up this Hail Mary pass and do you even count that necessarily? Maybe I think one of the things they got to get back to is running the ball. If you look at it, you know, Clyde's Edward Hilaire, who we know is injured right now, but he was back in a couple games. Before he got injured, he had back-to-back games, 100 yards rushing, his yards per carry was good. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they need to lean on that. Unfortunately, they've got so used to Pat Mahomes being able to throw the ball. And then last game, Darrell Williams, um, yeah, he was the lead back there, but at, you know, 3.0 yards per carry, not great. Um, once again, Pat Mahomes is phenomenal, but you got to have a balance attack. This is the NFL. Yeah. So I think you get back to run the ball a little bit, and he's going to be fine. This guy's very talented and very competitive. Yeah. Like you said, I love how you say he's having an off year. I'll take that off year any year. Yeah, 54 touchdowns. What a terrible off year. Let's move on to the running backs. Like you said, Clyde Hilaire-Edwards is currently on the IR. That means, hands down, the running back there is Daryl Williams. He's the guy when uh, when he is the other guy is out. Take a look at it. Again, you said three yards per carry. That's not great. But he did see 21 touches for a total of 62 yards. So there's some volume there. In fact, he added three catches for 27 yards. So, you know, for a guy who certainly not efficient, but he did go, what, 89, basically 90 yards in the game. That's not bad, especially when you consider the fact that he scored two touchdowns in a very productive offense. I think Daryl Williams is a must-start guy. He gets you the touchdowns, which is great for standard. He keeps himself out there because he's good in the passing game. He'll get you a couple catches. That's always nice. He is a must-play guy, in my opinion. In fact, this last game isn't the only game he's been productive. He has four touchdowns on the year as a whole. That's pretty good for a backup running back. 
course, you need to start Tyreek Hill, number two in fantasy scoring amongst wide receivers. You don't need me to tell you that. Just play him. You do need me to tell you this because I think a lot of people forget. Do not start any other wide receivers for the Chiefs. I just... Everybody, it, people get excited. You get a big game from McCall Hardman or Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson, and then everyone's like, oh, he's going to take over as a wide receiver too. And it doesn't happen. Why? Because they're not really taking over as the wide receiver two. They're taking over as the wide receiver three. When you've got Tyreek Hill, the number two fantasy option, and Travis Kelsey, the number one tight end option in the league, you're really talking about a wide receiver three, and there's three of them who are splitting that role. There's just no consistent and production. Josh Gordon. And Josh Gordon, who yeah, came in. By the way, uh, people grab. It's funny they grabbed him for his week. He only had one catch. But hey, it's first game back. Obviously, game two that's going to increase. Game two, zero catches. Uh, but you know what? He'll have good games. He's talented. Mm-hmm. Never go think he's the guy. And you can never figure it out. I would just stay away. Yeah. So of course you start Kelsey. I mean, a tight end who can get you seven to eight catches for ninety to hundred yards and touchdown. He's insane. Obvious must start. Same with uh, Harrison Butker. He's been kicking a few, few more field goals lately. He actually has made back-to-back games with 50-plus yard field goals. That's always nice to see, so I would start him. And I would sit the Chiefs defense. They're averaging just 2.25 fantasy points per game over the last four games. Taking a look now at the Titans. Um, Ryan Townsend a must-sit. This guy has finished 19th, 21st, 8th. 22nd, 22nd, and 20th in weekly scoring. He's only had one game of more than one passing touchdown. The production's not there. Now that probably comes down to how effective the running game has been. Derrick Henry's a must start. Here's how insane Henry has been. He has three games of three touchdowns in six weeks. That means with Derrick Henry, you have a 50% chance to get three touchdowns. That's insane. In fact, He's on pace for 28 touchdowns on the year, and his 120 yards a game means he's also on pace for another 2,000-yard rushing season. You've got to play Derrick Henry. It's as simple as that. As far as the wide receivers go, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, you need to play both of those guys in this matchup versus the Chiefs. Should be a bit of a shootout. Now, Julio Jones made a really nice catch there at the end, kind of reminding us that he is still one of the better receivers in the league. But he was still banged up and had uh, not 100% there in his hamstring. Yeah. Give it another week. He should be even healthier in back. I do like both of those guys yeah. in this match. I like him too. Obviously, Julio Jones is so phenomenal. Although I think he did leave the game re-aggravating that hamstring injury. How serious it was, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm actually probably going to roll with him next week. I need a quarterback. Mine, Kirk Cousins, is on a bye. So I'm going to pick up Tanny Hill. I'm really praying Julio's in there in a great yeah. matchup. Yeah, you do. Uh, of course, if you're an A.J. Brown owner, you really are hoping that Julio's out. That will mean more volume for Brown. But I imagine they're both going to play. As always, any good fantasy owner, just pay attention to the injuries. I would sit their tight ends there for the Titans. They have basically a three-way role between Jeff Swaim, Pruitt, and Ferkshire. Just none of those guys are going to get you more than a catch a game. Um, I would sit their kicker, Randy Bullock. As far as the Titans' defense, they are a sit. They scored just four fantasy points last week, which is stands out, right? They had this big surprising game. Let's be honest, that was the best game of the year for the Titans so far, and their defense put up just four fantasy points. Kind of tells you they're just not a good fantasy defense. You can't really trust to roll with them. But that's the breakdown for that game. Let's get on to our next one. So I've had some pretty poor fantasy matchups too, but this one I think is a little bit better, a little more value there. I've got Washington versus the Packers. I'm going to start with quarterbacks, uh, Tyler Heineke. There's had a drop-off the past two weeks, and this is another one that if you can avoid starting him, I think it's best. But if you have 
to choose over him, or let's say some of the guys I talked about already, Mac Jones, Wilson Mayfield, then he's absolutely your quarterback that you would go with. I'd definitely take him over those other guys that I mentioned. Now, the Packers' offense will score points. He'll have to play catch-up, most likely. And possibly the loss of Gibson, the running back, he is questionable. They've been questionable all year with that fractured shin. It sounds like he's going to play through that. But anyways, if they decrease his role, that means McKissick will get more touches. And McKissick's very good in the passing game, which adds value to Tyler Heineke. Now, I kind of talked to you about this one. Are Ryan Fitzpatrick's coming back soon? Do they stay with Tyler Heineke? Do they go, you know, which direction do they go with that? Now, okay, we talked a bit, and you're kind of leaning towards staying with... Uh, with Heineke, yeah. And, you know, we talked about this. For me, it's a question of, of two things. One is upside. I think you have more upside with Heineke. He's younger, and there's some developmental room you don't have with Fitzpatrick. He's clearly the safer pick. He is a veteran quarterback. The other thing being long-term. You want to know what you've got with your younger quarterback because in the next couple of seasons, you're going to be looking for a new one most likely. You know, you need to know what you've got with them now. And you already said it, so I'm going to steal it from you. But issues with the running game, issues with the defense, it's not like they are trying to keep where they're at. They need to make some improvements. Yeah, it seems like the class of the East is going to be the Cowboys at this point as Washington have an opportunity to even make a run at it. Um, I guess time will tell, but it doesn't look good for them. So let's look at uh, Aaron Rodgers. Right now, Washington's allowing 31.9 points per game. Last five games, he had 12 touchdown passes to only one interception. He's looking like the Hall of Famer that we know that he is. So forget week one. Aaron Rodgers is just fine there. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely start him in this one. Let's look at the running backs, Gibson. Um, he's not playing like he did last year. Clearly, he's not 100%. He did set out the fourth quarter, and he did miss some time. Someone arguing, well, was that an injury? Why he sit out? He was on the bike. What was going on there? And I think primarily it was a blowout. Yeah. Uh, they were getting blown out that game. Why risk it? They're playing from behind in passing situations, so McKissick is a perfect fit there. I think he's going to play there. Um, he's been getting 15 carries per game, and he's had three touchdowns the last two games, the last three games, I should say. And so um, I think he's a guy that you're going to play if he plays. I made the mistake of sitting him a couple of weeks ago because he was not 100% and had a decent option, and he still got two touchdowns there. The one concern I have for him, he could get gr- game scripted out of this one. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they could fall behind the Packers, and then, uh, and then they might have, like I said, go with McKissick. And so for me... If he plays, I would start him as a what I would call a low-end running back, too. So I'll watch to see his health, see what happens with that shin, etc. McKissick, uh, his role is expanded um, in this one because of uh, the injuries to Gibson and the fact they've been playing from behind. He's a very solid PPR play. Three of the last five games, he's had double-digit points in PPR scoring. So I, I would say for him that even if Gibson plays, he's probably a solid flex option in large leagues. He gets seven, eight targets. It would be easy for him along with five to six carries. So that's a nice uh, thing there. He's got some talent there. So... Um, I definitely would look his way. To me, his stats or his numbers will be dependent on how quickly the Packers take a lead and how early they take a lead. But in this game, I think the Packers should win this one pretty easily. Any thoughts on that game? No, I, you know, it's just one of those things, really seeing the way Washington's training. I have to imagine this is going to be a pretty Packer-heavy game. And you talked about the possibility of him being game-scripted out there, uh, you know, at running back. I think that'll probably happen. I, I have a hard time looking at this game and, and not seeing the Packers winning by a pretty handles, you know, pretty handily. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a, that's goes right into running backs. Aaron Jones. He's a very good running back. In fact, you need to start him as a running back one. But like you said, I think this could be a blowout. And if you look at A.J. Dillon, who's been developing, getting better and expanding his role, that would limit Jones's touches. So that keeps him out of the top five. But still running back one, obviously, in this game. Dylan is a great handcuff. You should handcuff this guy, but he's not getting the consistent touches where you can trust him unless Jones gets hurt, so I would sit him in this one. Mm-hmm. And again, McMullen, uh, McLaurin, Terry, Scary Terry, I love this guy. Um, he disappointed last week. He had a great matchup, didn't look great, 
But I still like him in this one because he's very talented. I think if anything's holding him, it's back. It's not his talent. It's quarterback play. Yeah. One thing he does have going for him is Jair Alexander, that uh, cornerback who's very, very good. is probably going to start at least one more week there. That's going to make him a solid play as a low-end wide receiver one. I would play McLaurin in this one. Um, once again, I hate the fact that he's being handcuffed by bad quarterback play. If you watch last game, in fact, last couple games, there's been a number of throws where Heineke just missed him altogether. So um, he's held back. As far as Devontae Adams start him, it's a great matchup. He's a stud wide receiver one. He's a weekly top five start. That's a no-brainer. Um, I would sit all their wide receivers on both teams there. That situation, trying to find the backup wide receiver, mm-hmm. reminds me an awful lot of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. From week to week, you think you figured it out. No, nope, you're not going to. And they're going to always pivot a different direction. So I'll just stay away from that. It's actually more frustrating than that. Because at least it makes sense with the Chiefs because they have Hill and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. There's no Kelsey there in Green Bay. Yeah. So I don't know how they're doing it. It's so funny. At some point, you just start to triple team Devontae Adams and not even cover the other wideouts. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. It's just, it's not pretty. So... As far as Titans go, I would say Robert Tanya in that one. Now, Ricky Seals is actually looking solid right now, and the base way he's playing and where they're at, he moves into tight end one conversation. He's a guy that for a while has value, and you can play him. I don't think he's going to be great, but I think he's going to be decent and stable. Then you've got kickers. you got Crosby and Hopkins. They're both solid starts. They finish 8th and 11th in kicker points right now currently, so I would, st- I would start both of those kickers. And then the Packers' defense have scored 7 points um, four games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've been consistent. Now, the problem with that is these skins only allow one sack per game yeah. and ninth fewest points to opposing defenses. Yeah. So I would still start the Packers. They're very solid play, but they have a limited ceiling, and I would sit the Washington. And I always want to call them the Redskins. I just wish you would get a name. Okay. Football team. Washington. It doesn't even have to be good. You could be the poopy faces, but I just need a name God. to call you by. Somebody comment on that there. Please don't let them live that down. That was terrible. It was <laughs> not terrible. I mean, it faces. would be. That's the point. Yeah, that's the a terrible point. name. Yeah. Well, that's how they're playing right now. That was a bad is, last week is, for yeah. them. You know, this will be, and I was just thinking, it. this will be a great chance for them to prove they're still contenders, at least make this game versus the Packers close. Well, I think the one thing that we thought going into this year that they could do was play great defense and that's the one thing right now that they're not and yeah. there's you know there's no real reason why we can figure out why they're not playing better defense if they could turn that around yeah they could be a contender but right now it's at the washington defense especially against aaron Rodgers, uh, the hall of famer all right we're gonna talk about the falcons at the dolphins now i actually think there's a fair bit of fantasy value here and let's talk let's talk about the dolphins first i want to talk about Tua. man comes back from that injury first game 330 yards and two touchdowns that was really impressive because here's the thing. We haven't really seen Tua at all this year. He got hurt in week two, so we didn't get to use that game as a measurement. In week one, he wasn't fantasy good, but it was versus the Patriots defense in a very low scoring affair where the Dolphins clearly tried to play good defense and keep that score low, thinking that that's how they were going to win it. That was really our first chance for Tua to put some points on the board, and he was pretty good. Again, the yards were there. Now he plays the Falcons, giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. I think you should play Tua this week in your lineup. Now, I'm going to say that I don't think you should play him expecting that he could have, you know, number one overall potential from this week, but I think he can be played in that 8 to 12 fantasy range. As far as the running backs go, avoid all of them. This is something that probably helps boost the value of Tua, and that's their, their running game is not reliable. Miles Gaskins, Malcolm Brown, they've also got Salvin Ahmed, all of those guys have just, it's a running back by committee and it's a messy backfield. They've got uh, Gaskin who can catch out of the backfield, who is a good weapon for them. But did you know that 
uh, Salvin Ahmed, whatever his name, however you pronounce that, he actually was their leading for carries, their running back last game, hit the most carries. And he averaged just 3.1 yards per carry. He was not effective. It's clear they're not happy with their running game. Yeah, so Gaskin goes out, he has a big game, like, okay, this guy's back on. Nope. Okay, Malcolm <laughs> Brown, he's starting to really take, his role's expanding. He's like, nope. Like, and it just goes back and forth. And so at this point, there probably will be a guy that will rise to the top by the end of you that you can rely on, but mm-hmm. you need a couple of weeks to prove it. You need you to do. see that pattern be consistent. A couple of prove it weeks. Um, but let's move on to the wide receivers because there's one guy who has already given us a couple prove it weeks and that's Jalen Waddle who is phenomenal who I have in my dynasty league and I'm loving it I like to see him get a little more yards uh-huh. um, but I'd say what the bomb and the guy is sure-handed mm-hmm. um, great hands there yeah first game back with Tua he gets 13 targets 10 catches 70 yards and what you love to see two touchdowns he looked great and oh yeah versus the Falcons that defense is more than vulnerable to a good passing attack definitely start Jalen Waddle. other than that though I wouldn't trust any other wide receiver he's the only receiver I would play in that offense the next best guy is Devontae Parker who you could possibly consider except he's banged up with both a shoulder injury and a hamstring injury and missed the last two weeks if he were healthy he was playing all right and he wouldn't be a horrible option but he's certainly not good enough for me to say you should start him while he's less than 100 percent Here's the other guy that really surprised me, and that's Mike Gesicki. He comes out, and he was surprisingly good this year. He almost looked like because Brissett was in, he had some consistency, and he was keeping some of that volume. And so the question was, like, how is he going to be when his quarterback comes back? Eight targets, or excuse me, eight catches for 115 yards. He's actually looked pretty good. Do you feel like it's something he can keep up, or is he doing it just long enough to trick you, and then he goes away again? Switch. Oh, he's a liked going into this year i actually consider him a sleeping tight a sleeper tight end there mm-hmm. i actually had him in one of my dynasty leagues i got a little impatient after the first couple of weeks and saw that up and down inconsistency that we saw last year and i don't like that i like to have guys that i know i can roll each week and so i let him go and now i'm hating it because i tell you what everything going into this year kind of told me this is a guy that's got talent that can yeah. truly be that top 10 tight end yeah. i believe he's the real deal uh-huh. um i do think a lot of it's going to come back to quarterback play other things weapons there etc but um there's only a couple guys in tight end wise that you can trust every week. Yeah. And if you didn't draft them, then then this is about as good as you're going to get. And you should appreciate that. And he does have upside. Yeah. You know, in each of the last five games, he's had six or more targets. That's pretty good for a tight end. That's volume for tight end. So definitely play him, especially against the Falcons. They're actually 30th in the NFL as far as past DVOA this season. So they've been very ineffective. Finally, I would sit Jason Sanders and the the Dolphins defense. Here's interesting. The Falcons give up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing defenses, but the Dolphins have only had one game where they put up more than six fantasy points. So you can consider starting the Dolphins this week, but I, I would avoid it. Again, if you're in a 14 or a 16 team league, they are an option for you, but in standard 12 team leagues, I am not going to be playing them this week. As far as the Falcons go, what about Matt Ryan? He actually had back-to-back weeks inside of the top 12 in weekly scoring before having that bye week. And the Dolphins give up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. In fact, Ryan looked good even with Calvin Ridley out. I think that you can play Matt Ryan. In fact, when you look at that offense, they started off brutal, especially week one. But the Falcons have been getting a little bit better. I think you can play Matt Ryan this week. As far as the other guys go, what about Mike Davis? Here is one of those... Um, best of the worst situations. That's the word I think best describes Mike Davis. I want to say sit him. He's been such a bust. He hasn't been good. But 
there's not much talent out there. We talked about this so many times already. I hate to beat a dead horse, but there are six teams on bye weeks, players that busted, players in tough matchup, players who are hurt. You should play Mike Davis. He's still just 26th in weekly running back uh, finishes over the last couple of weeks. He's not been great, finishing just outside of that RB2 range. But again, when you factor in the bye weeks and the injuries, being 26 does mean he sneaks into that role. I would play him. Another guy you must play is Cordero Patterson. He's third in fantasy running back scoring. He's been phenomenal. Um, in fact, he's third in fantasy running back scoring if you don't count last week because he did have a bye week. So that kind of kind of skews his numbers. So season long, he is 10th, but but not, not every player has had their bye weeks. And as far as the wide receiver go, Calvin Ridley is the only guy there that I would start. He's a safe guy to start. He did miss week five, but I believe that was just with personal issues and not an injury. Um, and he's a safe pick to get you about seven catches, 60 plus yards. And the Dolphins, Dolphins have given up five touchdowns to wideouts over the last two games. They give up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. And he's actually got some volume in that offense. He has 27% target share, 47% yard share in that offense. I think he can be played as a wide receiver too. The only concern with him is that the touchdowns haven't been coming. The guy we've been waiting to talk about, Rob, before I say anything, I want your opinion on Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. So you're making fun of me because I was basically willing to give up everything to try to get this kind of trade at Dynasty League, right? Uh, I'm not saying I'm making fun of you. I want to hear your opinion. I know we disagree a little bit. We don't disagree enough that I'm going to call you an idiot. I'm going to call you an idiot for other reasons. But break it down for me. I know you were willing to give up an arm and a leg for this guy. Yeah, I was. But then we have to consider I did that because I'm thinking long term. It's a dynasty league. I'm not just thinking about a couple games or even this year, but, you know, next three, four, five years. Um, in that, I think it's it's really hard to find a tight end like Kelsey who you can have for multiple years. That's a game changer. And that's why yeah. I wanted that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as week to week right now, no, the, the, the stability is not there. I, I think he's still improving. Tight ends at one position in the NFL where the transition there is the hardest of all the positions to come and immediately be impactful. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I don't think he's going to be lights out phenomenal at this point forward just because he had one good game. That was kind of motivated off of the dynasty mindset and moving forward. But uh, uh, I do think he's very talented. He's a nice weapon to have, but you're not going to be able to rely him at this point, we need a couple more weeks to see um, mm-hmm. if what he did he had a perfect situation with everybody missing that last game. Well, that's just it. Last week was a bye. The game before, he had 10 targets, 9 catches, 119 yards in the touchdown. He looked insane. A lot of people are like, oh, we can start him every week now. And while I would say for many of you, you can and should start him, um, there are other tight ends that I would start over him if you happen to have those guys, like if you picked up one of those studs, like say Dawson Knox or whoever it may be off the waiver wire. Um, the thing that really helped him was that Calvin Ridley was out for that game. That gave him a huge volume boost. Calvin Ridley will be back, and that will hurt his target share. So lower your expectation for Kyle Pitts in the short run, though I think he's going to you know, be a phenomenal career tight end. Young, young Wei Koo, he scored 12 fantasy points in his last game. The Dolphins give it the third most points to kickers. I would play him. And finally, I would sit the Falcons defense. It's kind of a, felt like a long breakdown, but there was definitely a lot to talk about there. So the final game that I have in our first starts of video, once again, we do have a part two later on. Watch for that one. I got the Bengals versus the Ravens. Now, normally this would be a blow in the past. The Bengals, they're improving. Mm-hmm. One of the I want to talk about is Joe Burrow's quarterback there. He's looking more and more like that first overall pick that everybody thought he could be. I like this guy. I think he's mm-hmm. very talented. I think he's got a bright future. What do you think? Yeah, he's been really, he's been a fun surprise to watch. Of course, a lot of that goes down to the fact that he finally has receivers who are catching the ball. So that's definitely has a big impact. I can't wait till you talk about Lamar, though, so just keep going with it. So anyways, yeah, so playing the Ravens, who give the ninth fewest points to quarterbacks, but if you look at Carr, Wentz, and Mahomes, which, by the way, Carr and Wentz aren't 
phenomenal quarterbacks, but they lit them up yardage-wise, averaging 383 passing yards. Another thing that I think that helps for him is that every good quarterback has to have that one what? Weapon. That stud weapon. Chase is that guy. He looks so good. Forget the drops in the preseason. That guy's phenomenal. Now, that defense did shut down Goff, Locke, and Herbert, but you know, look at the only one there that's good is Herbert. The other guys, you're talking about Locke and Goff. So, um, now, last week, the Ravens' defense looked good. Will that trend continue? Because that defense hasn't looked that good. Well, here's the thing. With six teams on a bye week, it doesn't matter how you answer that question whether that trend's going to continue. You have to start Joe Burrows in this game, for mm-hmm. sure. I don't know if you agree with that or not. No, I completely agree. Okay, let's talk about Lamar Jackson. He was quiet last week. Boo-hoo. It was because it was a blowout. That's why. Um, mm-hmm. He's become a solid passer. Um, and I think he's gone on with those legs there. And I think also addition of Bateman, that wide receiver, who's sure-handed possession receiver, is going to help that, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to start Lamar um, Jackson. It just don't. I mean, there's really not much to discuss there. Last week was only quiet because it was a blowout. He's been so fun to watch. We already know he's the best mobile quarterback in the league probably ever. I know that's a big conversation to have. I know there's Vic fans, but I got to say it. I think he's the best mobile quarterback ever. Suddenly now he's one of the best passers because he doesn't have the best weapons. He doesn't have Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams or any of those absolute monster studs. And he has been getting it done, putting in work through the air. Um, You have to be terrified to play the Ravens. How do you stop that offense? Yeah, you don't. I mean, some might say, well, his touchdowns, his passing touchdowns aren't that many. Has he been that great? But you got to remember, he's had a couple that one game alone. Brown dropped three touchdown passes. We're not talking about, like, would have been a great play. I'm talking about wide open, off your fingertips. Um, and so those numbers could be actually elevated. Yeah, what do you do there? I think the one thing that is hurting them right now, and we'll get to that in a second, is they're, they're, they got to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously the injuries they've had there have hurt. And uh, they're running to keep defenses honest, but they're not dominating with the run. Um, so I think that's one thing that you have to do come postseason a little bit there. But, yeah, it's hard to, to defense that team. So let's get to the running backs there. you got Murray, Bell, and Freeman, which, by the way, it's funny because years ago, these guys were all phenomenal, all pros, and now mm-hmm. on the same team there. It's a three-back rotation. This is a bad situation there, and they don't care. They're not playing fantasy. The coach doesn't care. He's not looking to have one guy. He's going to keep rotating them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to roll with one guy, to me, it'd be Murray and Standards and Freeman and PPR leagues, but it's better to find a more stable situation and avoid all three if you can do that. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon, um, and he's back. I like Joe Mixon. He's a guy that we said for years is very good, very talented. Everybody thought when he came out he was a first-round pick that was devalued because of an abuse thing that happened in college. Um, what held him back for his couple of years, he's played on a very bad team. Mm-hmm. Now that team's coming around, and he's fourth in the league in rushing yards right now. He's often underused in passing situations. He's got very good hands. And last week, his five catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown, we got to see what he can do when he gets targets. Mm-hmm. Start him as a running back one in this game. I'm not saying that the Ravens might not try to bottle him up a little bit, but where else are you going to go? Uh, you got to start Joe Mixon. Yeah. Um, let's talk about wide receivers. Chase, while this kid looks so good, uh, start him. And I can't believe I'm going to say this um, so soon. But he's a wide receiver one stud. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a dynasty league, you've got to love him. You're lucky to get this guy. So um, start Chase um, as a stud wide receiver one. I hate that I finished good in fantasy last year because I got the second to worst pick. And you know who was gone by the time I came around? Both Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase. I'm just, I don't like it. It's just not fair. No, why, why? <laughs> so... Yes. Well, don't worry after this year, because I know you've had an abundance of injuries in Dynasty. You're going to have a good draft pick next year. I think the only player on my roster that doesn't have an injury tag is Carson Wentz, who just came off of being injured. Yeah, who you had to pick up, because I think you're the quarterback, but anyways, yeah. So don't worry, you'll have a good pick next year. It'll be great. Yeah, I love it. There probably won't be a chase next year. There probably won't be. Let's go to Boyd and Higgins. Um, I would sit both of those guys. Um, 
Boyd only had value with Higgins out. Yeah. And Higgins' value has come down according to Chase. He's chipped away at his value there. So for me, Higgins is a wide receiver four in leagues 12 or under. You can start him as a wide receiver three if it's leagues that are larger than that. Marquez Brown. Um, Bateman was really projected to be the sure-handed possession receiver with Brown stretching defenses. Bateman's very good. This hurts Brown's value. So that brings Brown down to the wide receiver two, even though he's played really good. And he's currently wide receiver one as far as total numbers fantasy-wise. But I think that's going to drop down a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Bateman, I like this guy. Um, but we need more than one week to see him get accustomed to the offense, see his role more clearly. So even though I like him, I think you need to own this guy. I wouldn't start him just yet. I don't know how you feel about that. I 100% agree. I love what the Ravens did. They just... You know what they did? They threw him into the fire. They kicked him into the deep end. They gave him tons of targets, and they let him see what he can do. He took advantage of that blowout, and it was fun to watch. He's going to be, I think, a pretty quick developer if they continue to use him like they did in that game. And, it, you know, prior Gophers, I love that. We're from Minnesota, so as a Gophers alum, they're representing. I like that. Let's look at the tight ends there. Tight end for Cincinnati, I would sit any tight end there. Let's look at uh, Mark Andrews. So he was a guy that I've had and you had for a while, and and I always thought he's very talented. That's underused. They had multiple tight ends. They spread the ball around a lot. They ran a ton. He just didn't get the volume to become an elite tight end. Well, it's good that I traded him because now he's become an elite tight end. <laughs> So I'm, I'm okay with what I got. I got George Kittle anyways. But my point is this guy's really made that leap to become a stud. He's looking really good. I think they finally utilized this guy the way they can be utilized. Um, You've got to start him. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, start the greatest kicker of all time. Who is? Justin Tucker. This guy, I mean, it's not me. One of the greatest coaches of all time said that, which was? Bill Belichick. Who had a very good kicker in? <laughs> Well, two guys, because he had both Steven Goskowski and Adam Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri, yeah. Who are... Easily the three top three kickers, and for the guy that coached all three of them, he knew exactly which one. Yeah, he's a Tucker's one. the guy. So go ahead and start him. He's fun to watch. Um, McPherson's a decent play. He's not top ten, but he's solid if you need a kicker. I would start the Ravens' defense. They're usually a, a great play against the Bengals, but in this one, it's not the same as Bengals teams it was years ago. So I would play the Ravens, but temper your expectations, and I would sit Cincinnati's defense. Going back to what you said as we close out the video, anything you want to just throw out there at them? No, not a whole lot. There will be a part two, as always, that will include these second half games, including the Monday game. That's why we wait on the video. It gives us a little more time for that research course. Make sure to leave a comment down below. Like we mentioned earlier, depends on your league and the situation that you're in. But as always, you guys have a great day and God bless.